Hey, welcome to another Bald Move Commission movie podcast. We uh, have the pleasure of uh, considering the 1985 film The Goonies today. It was commissioned by Fernando Rodriguez. You know him better as Fern NYC 17 or just Fern on the forums. And uh, he was kind enough to sponsor this uh, for us. He uh, had a couple things that he wanted to say about the movie up front, which I'll let him take it away. So I want to dedicate this podcast to my daughter, Katie, who turns fourth in December. He cast us back uh, pre-Christmas, just to give you an idea how what <laughs> backlogged we are. Okay. I hope that when she's old enough, we can sit down and watch this film together. It gives her that same sense of wonder and adventure it gave me when I saw it for the first time. I'm a fan of all films. Uh, what, what, what do you think is the appropriate age for this uh, I mean, it's just different. Uh, like nineish, nineish. See, yeah, I fucked up. I showed my kid it when it was six, and he he was scared. That's slightly too early. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like some eight, kids are nine. some kids are a lot more rough and tumble. Like if sure. been... if you got a Corey Feldman in your house, <laughs> show that shit to him. Maybe show right. him The Shining right. when he's six. I don't know. I'll shut him up. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, it, uh, like I, I I felt like I tried to force a couple like. Um, Star Wars went fine, because that six seems like I showed him a lot of stuff. But I know the Goonies, it scared him, and the Princess Bride scared him bad enough that he still doesn't want to watch the film to this day. The Princess Bride Man, scared those, him? It, it's the rats. When that rat came out oh, and right, just tore it into right. his shoulder, he was like, fuck this, turn it off, turn it off, turn it yeah. off. <laughs> so, and I'm like, man, it's you, look, you're such a badass now. You're like playing Destiny and Uncharted, and no, he still doesn't want any part of those RUSs. Yeah, you got like five years, Fern, yeah. before before you can really unleash this. Yeah, but you know, it's like again, if uh, if, if you get the type of kid that's stealing glances at The Walking Dead when they're six, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Uh, anyway, he says, uh, "I'm a fan of all films, but the child adventure films hold a special place in my heart. I have my own top child adventure films that include the likes of Stand by Me, Explorers, The Monster Squad, E.T., etc." Now, most of these aren't Academy Award film types, except for E.T., of course, and maybe Stand by Me, oh, but. Man. They're classics for any kid growing up and viewing them. Sadly, I feel like this is a dying genre. I argue this with my friend who tells me, what about Harry Potter or Ender's Game? Although I do enjoy the Harry Potter films, these films just don't feel like the other ones I mentioned. I can't put my finger on it. It could be that they're big budget or CGI or that I'm just older. I can tell you exactly, because before I read your, your thoughts, I was having this organic thought watching a movie that they don't make films like this anymore. And I'll tell <laughs> okay. you, I'll explain to you the difference between Harry Potter and... Uh, Ender's Game and the Goonies. You can't walk out of your backyard right. and have a Harry Potter adventure. Yeah. The world has to change for that to happen. You can't walk out into the street and get transported to a space station. You can, especially if you're 8, 9, 10, 11, go into a woods and discover a cave. Absolutely. Or a, or a yeah. stream that that goes in. It, it's, it, I mean, that's the thing, like, I had countless adventures with the the kids I grew up with, uh, either before and after Goonies, where that would happen. Like, you know, you'd make a map, and someone would start telling a tale, and you all buy into it, and Mm -hmm. nothing ever happened. But, you know, like, I I lived in a neighborhood where there's a big... could. Like, you could. There's this miles-wide cornfield in the backyard. There was a train tracks within, like, a half mile that you could walk to. There was a big... Like, uh, you could walk down those train tracks, maybe see a dead body. You don't know. <laughs> right. Until you go down that, like, there was possibilities and adventure, and that's the difference between Harry Potter. Like, it's, you're, it, this this isn't about chosen kids. It's just these kids fucking around, and they wind up in this awesome adventure. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
let me complicate the issue a little bit because I have an enormous amount of nostalgia for movies like Flight of the Navigator or like The Fuck Never yeah. Ending Story, right? Yeah, sure. So like there is a place certainly for those types of movies, those fantasy Indeed. epics Indeed. Um, where kids are at the center. But yeah, they don't give you the same feeling of just throwing on a jean jacket and going out riding your bike, you know? Yep. And that's and the discovering thing. Discovering like, something. I don't. I don't know whether this is. I feel like if you grew up in a big city, and this is this is my small town prejudice because I don't know. But I feel like if you grew up in a big city, this kind of shit doesn't appeal to you. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I could see that because like you don't have anything to relate to. I guess it would just be the the idea that you can just get on your bikes and ride down these paths and go to the ocean would just be like okay, well this that that's that's as unreal to me as a Harry Potter thing. Sure, sure. So I'm guessing Fern is like a sub suburb or small town guy. And I feel like modern day, that doesn't happen nearly as often either. Yeah. Like, p- people are so worried about what could possibly happen to their kids that, you know, they, they aren't given the freedom to go explore in the way that, yeah. like, I was. I was 10 years old riding my bike around. Sure, sure. You know, the, the, the neighborhood. Yeah, I, I, totally. I lived in, like, a little maybe 50-house edition, and mm-hmm. I couldn't, like, my boundaries was the highway, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. But like, I would get up, have breakfast, and be gone, and not return until it was dark in the summer. <laughs> and like, uh-huh. if my mom wanted to get a hold of me, she could call around and, and and or just drive in the car and find me. But most of the time, she didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a it's a different. I don't know. Uh, I hear if these this free this free range kid movement where like uh, even parents like New York City New York City give their like 6-year-old a subway token and be like okay ride the subway and then come back right and i'm like and nothing happens because that's yeah. ironic as our world gets safer we get more afraid of it yeah yeah in a lot of ways and i don't that's a fa- that's a fact the world is absolutely getting less violent and and more safe and mm-hmm. yet the parental reaction seems to be to ever protect the children from more and more harm yeah and I'm, you know, I, I'm not, because the other thing is that it's to a point where, like, your individual freedoms don't matter. Like, some of these free-range parent kids have been brought up on child neglect charges. Right. You know, it's like, right. oh, I let my kid cross three streets to go to the playground in my suburban town, and suddenly the cops are knocking on the, my door because my 11- and 7-year-old weren't supervised. It's like, I that seems like a dystopian nightmare, but at some point, a critical threshold has been passed, <laughs> and even if you're a parent, it's like, yeah, I think... Y'all are insane. It doesn't matter because you're going to get thrown in jail. I don't know. How do we get on this topic from Goonies? Uh, just the, the sense of adventure is is being lost in both the real world and movies. Yeah. Uh, let me get back to Fern's point. In any case, of all the child adventure films, the one that set the standard, in my opinion, was the 85, 1985's The Goonies. Growing up, I didn't see the film in the theaters. Instead, I saw it on VHS in 1987 when I was nine years old in my living room with all my friends at the time. And after seeing it, we were never the same. I can't tell you how many times we rode our bikes to the local park humming that Cindy Lochner song. Ugh. Went into the woods and pretended to be looking for one-eyed Willie's treasure. How many times we drew a map using magic mar- markers on our neighborhood uh, with our neighborhood landmarks as checkpoints. Or how many of us got trench coats and tried to be like Data and stuff them full of gadgets we t- taped together. We even later got the <laughs> Goonies 2 game for the Nests, and it wasn't actually too bad. By the huh. way, my mom was a Spanish housekeeper at the time, so every time we saw the scene with the mouth and the housekeeper, we always laughed together. I was wondering that because that's you know it's like anytime you watch an old movie, uh, sometimes the casual like racism is breathtaking. Like uh, there, there's a they're committing civil rights violations against this woman. The mouth is terrorizing her. She doesn't. You know what I'm saying? 
And it yeah. doesn't even make sense because they're packing to leave tomorrow, which, by right. the way, you guys have fucked up because there's no way you're going to yeah. pack all the shit in that house. Wait, don't they have the weekend? Isn't it like... Is it the whole weekend? Because they say, like, tomorrow think... we're going to wake up and it's going to be a new sky and a new school and... Like, mm, I never could get whether... hyperbole. Okay. <laughs> I think so it's like the, the act of dad signing the house away is, but they got 30 days to vacate or something. Yeah, I mean, legally, you don't sign and you're out on the street. I streets. guess that's true. Because I, the whole time the, movie, the, the mom comes in with a busted wing and she's like, I've right. hired this... Uh, this lady to help with my uh, the packing up until well, my arm gets better. I'm like, how long are you going to be packing? Six to eight weeks? <laughs> First of all, yeah. Your arm's not going to heal before then. And secondly, why did you hire some old lady who can barely walk to pack your shit? Hire movers. And she can't speak English. Right. So that's a barrier. It's going to take twice as long because you have to have the mouth communicate for you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why she doesn't just hire, like, the the moving people or whatever that's called yeah uh to to come in there and actually haul her shit away because this old lady's not gonna get it done i wish she had pushed back again and i guess in in modern day like mouth would try this shit and she'd just shut him down but like the movie posits that she's literally working for this family in, in her mind under pain of uh illegal imprisonment right and deprivation of food and water for weeks if she doesn't do a good job. Like, that's yeah, that's really dark. I don't know why you don't leave and never come back <laughs> if I'm that lady. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like in, in, in a modern movie, she would either tell him to shut the fuck up or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, they'd exchange probably, Spanish insults. Or, right. She would do that thing where... She'd just roll her eyes at the end like, okay. She she pretends like she doesn't understand English, but she mm-hmm. actually does. Oh, and she's hearing everything. Move. And that'd now be, she's fucking with the mouth. That'd be another good move. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, I'm so I'm glad you guys found f- humor over her being tormented. Uh, so let's talk about this film. Uh, it was directed by Richard Donner, which I know him best from the man who made the early Superman films. Right? How could you not? Uh, screenplay by Chris Columbus, who later went on to direct Home Alone and the first few okay. Harry Potters. So he's kind of like you know had had a little niche here, and the story yep. was by Steven Spielberg. He's also one of the producers. And you can kind of see his fingerprints in a lot of this stuff. It's star-studded yeah. cast. You got Sean Austin, Aston, yep, Aston. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, it is Aston. God damn it. Um, who you know you might know best from uh, Rudy. Uh, no, I actually really? don't. I don't know that I've ever seen that movie. <laughs> he's he's also a Lord of the Rings guy, right? Uh, Corey Feldman as the mouth. Uh, Jonathan K. Kwan, Key Kwan. Okay. Uh, who was also the sidekick for Indiana Jones in the uh, Tipple of Doom, which I just saw recently, like two right. weekends ago. Yeah, uh, He's in it as Data. Uh, Josh Brolin as the older brother, Brand. Uh, you got Jeff Cohen as like Chunk, Slot. which I don't know oh, who these guys yeah, are. Right. Then you got Carrie uh, Green as Andy and Martha Plimpton as Stephanie. Steph Steinbrenner. Uh, you didn't okay. talk about the biggest star in the entire film. Who? Joey, Joey Pants. Oh well, I was getting to the Fratellis. Joey oh, Pants. Yeah, jo- okay. Joey Pants plays the younger Fratelli brothers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anne Ramsey, which she played the ugly old woman in all the '80s stuff, throw Mama from the train, and this. Right. She died. It's, right. it's sad. She died like three years after making this movie of well, some kind of esophageal cancer. You know, I'm not super surprised. She doesn't <laughs> sound or look like she's in the best of health. Maybe a four-pack-a-day habit? Yeah, maybe she's got... Uh, <laughs> no, this isn't my normal voice. It, it really I, I gets better around noon. 
Uh, and Robert Davia is Jake Fratelli, who has a very fine opera voice. And John yeah, Lee Matusak as uh, Sloth, who was a football player, a, huh. a, a strongman competi- competitor. He's a, a truly he's a good looking dude. Uh, it okay. must have taken him like eight hours to make him look this fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he that's a pretty pretty cool cast. Now, uh, I don't know how you want to talk about this film because I just in my more nostalgia focused cast, I just have a stream of consciousness of notes that I'm taking, so we can do right. that chronologically. I think we should, we're we're on the cast. Let's talk about the cast. Uh, that Jeff Cohen guy. There's a good reason you've never heard of him. He quit acting like pretty shortly after this movie. A few years. After Speaking this of, movie. I saw a picture of him today. He's a good yeah. look. He's a really good looking guy. Yeah, he's in shape. Like he's. Yeah, good-looking dude. Like, you force a guy to do a truffle shuffle for 50 takes, that's going to to motivate you to get cut and fit, and no one will hurt you that way again. And then the aftermath. Like, can you imagine being being Chunk, being the kid who plays Chunk, and just, like, everybody wants you to do the truffle shuffle. You can't get away from it. Like, you're going to events, everyone's shouting truffle shuffle at you. Well, I always thought that about, like, Anne Ramsey, the, uh, you know, the mama character, or, like, what is the psychological cost of being cast as yeah. the terrifying old lady? Right. <laughs> or like, what was that one film film about the Amish bowler? Kingpin? Kingpin. Yeah. Do you remember that just terrible landlady that he had to... Right. Like, what, if, if, someone, right. If, if your agent calls and like, look, they need someone <laughs> just... Like they're gonna they're gonna fuck up your teeth and make you look worse. But baseline, you start off at a certain level, and that's why you're being hired. Like, what does that do to you psychologically? Like, do you just not give a fuck? Or I guess you're just happy for the work at some point. But you get in your like fifty, like you get in your fifties and sixties. Like I had my day. I'm just <laughs> you should have seen me yeah. when I was twenty. I was the <laughs> bell of the ball. I tell you, clean as a whistle. <laughs> I yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I always think that. <laughs> When someone yeah, gets I feel cast bad for those people. And they're like, yeah, like, as, the, as the chubby kid or the ugly, ugly old woman. And like, I'm like, man, that's 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 not cool. Yeah. I don't feel bad for them because like being ugly is the worst thing in the world. I just feel bad because like that's what they're known for. Right. And like yeah, if my reputation was, God, he's a real fucking idiot. I mean, and, and if you're talking about privileges, as far as privileges go, attractiveness privilege is like it oh, trumps yeah. everything. It's number one. It can sure. transcend everything, like everything, right. and like that's like uh, you know, it's that's the way society's r- rigged out. It's and it, it's. Uh, uh, I, I all I'm ap- saying is I'm sorry, Anne Ramsey. I'm sorry. I, well, I'd like to issue an apology of my own for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, I would like to issue an apology to poor nine-year-old Katie five years from now when she hears this, and I'm cursing up a storm. I'm sorry, Katie. I'm sorry, Fern. It's just what I do. No, man. Like these. That's the a plus. Yeah, but they don't drop the f bomb. Okay. Like Corey Feldman, the mouth is dropping. He's say, saying he's shouting. These shit. guys are dropping shit like <laughs> it's a it's like a punctuation in a PG. This is the greatest trick yeah. Steven Spielberg ever did. Yeah. South Park took another thirty years to do this on network television <laughs> to show kids swear this much. And yeah. a PG. That man is a smooth operator. Well, I so I well, from what I read, his argument was they're not. These are just exclamations, right? Like of of a scary thing happening to them. That's what I'm Shit. saying. That's and this the, is how kids really talk. And I like, know, and that's the crazy argument because that would it. never work for anyone else. This right. is the man who also got his own fucking rating when they're like, "Uh, this Temple of Doom is way dark. It's going to be R." And Spielberg's like, "Well, you know, 
<laughs> I think a 13-year-old can handle it. Yeah, so, of You bring your mom's PG-13, right? Right? Jack Valentine? Valentina, wasn't he the big NPAA ratings guy? Uh, I think so. My point that is Steven Spielberg would just run and ref- roughshod over the ratings board because nobody yeah. else could fuck. No one else could get this freaking thing past as PG. <laughs> fracking. Yeah, fracking. Still full Battlestar. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about Corey Feldman real quick. Okay, because that's one of the things he wanted to know. Like, what did we think of Corey Feldman's performance? Because he's probably, I mean, I don't know. Sean Astin has probably gone on to eclipse him. But for the longest time, he was by far the most famous thing. Well, Josh, Josh Brolin's eclipsed him. Joey yeah. Pants has probably eclipsed Joey him. Joey Pants, sure. I mean, yeah, yep. there are a lot of of people who became famous. And, but Corey Feldman's one of those guys until... yeah. He became the stereotypical drugs child and, star and, yeah. and lost it. Sure. And he started the drugs early. I mean, in this movie, he's talking about sniffing the waves and down in the bruise. This is a sure. nine-year-old kid, folks. He's, he's talking about how you should sort the cocaine from the marijuana, from the heroin. <laughs> right. Sniffing the waves. Sure. I know what that means, Corey. How old do you think these kids are? 12? I think they're 10. Oh, see, I was thinking like 12 to 13. Yeah, maybe they are because there's... I don't know. I mean, it depends how early you start going through puberty, but these kids are like, at least the the main character, Sean Astin, is excited by kissing Andy. Yeah. I I can't believe I know Andy's name, but not Sean Astin's name. Mikey. Mikey, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, like, that's that's a 12-year-old. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that's what I mean, like... They've got to be a little older than 10. That's what I'm saying, because I know my kid's 9, and these kids definitely look a few years older. Yeah. So I'd say, like, my nephew's 12, just turned 13. They're in that that kind of range where, mm-hmm. you know, they're not haven't started shaving yet. but Because that's the other thing is his older brother didn't look like he was that much older, but he had yeah. failed his driving test. So, so he that's had to be 16. 16, 17, yeah. Because yeah. uh, that was a big plot point. But, yeah, you want to talk about Corey Feldman. Yeah. Uh, I actually like him a lot as the mouth. I think, I think he's good. Don't you think all these kids are kind of incredible? Yeah. Like, the times when they, they suck, because there's a couple things in here that's just like, what the fuck? Like, when when Chunk goes to look at the car chase, and he just slams his right. pizza and his shake against the window. Like, how can someone be that stupid? <laughs> but when they're just a, acting, a proprietor put up with it? When they're just acting, it's it's yeah. they're pretty good natural kid performances. I feel like they were well cast too. It's yeah, not, it's not like they're really having to work for the performance. Well, and you you look at these kids like no one knew this at the time, but all these individuals are crazy fucking charismatic. True, they're yeah. going to grow up and to be like you know. <laughs> By and large, there's some on the margins that were lost along the way, but yeah. they're going to be uh, uh, people of substance. So these are kids today who are streaming Minecraft videos on YouTube and five years from now are going to be mega stars. Uh, I've seen some pretty unnatural fucking YouTube performances <laughs> right. along those lines. Well, these are, these are not them. These okay. are the exceptions okay. to the rule yeah. of unnatural performances. No, but yeah, I thought, I thought he's good. I thought all the kids are good. Yeah. Doing some stuff with some fairly tricky dialogue. And no, so how did, speaking of the writing, I was wondering as with my adult ear, as listening to them say stuff like rich stuff mm-hmm. to talk about, it wasn't like gold and silver or money. It was rich stuff, which Made me think that this is like seven, eight year olds, right? But I that's that's the one. Like I feel like that mostly this this film respected the kids and you know gave them their adventures and whatnot. But there was some on that level where it's like the writing was just not quite to the age level. 
Okay. It's not a grievous sin, but... It's like they're bouncing around between slightly older and slightly younger. Because as Fern pointed out, I think the heyday of your backyard adventures is like 6 to 10. Like yeah. After you get sure. older than that, that starts to look like kid stuff. Like, you can mm-hmm. still sometimes trick a 12-year-old or 13-year-old into doing shit like that. Um, but it's out of the heyday. But these kids, like, they're, like, slightly too old to be doing what they're doing. But they, you kind of get that this is, like, the last gasp. Right, and that's kind of why I felt and they it, were at the top end of that, yeah. that young range, like 10. Yeah, and Mouth to, is wanting to, like, you know, he's joking about the snorting the waves and drinking the brews, but you can tell he wants to go right. do some kind of party on the beach. So, like, yeah. it's already kind of passive. He wants to burn shit. He yeah. probably wants to yeah. break a window somewhere. And Brand's already into, like, I'm building muscles and I'm going to be fucking girls, and, like, this oh, yeah. is all a bunch of yeah. bullshit. But, like, I felt like that this was maybe it works as a one last caper. Yeah, <laughs> a child version of like George, you know, a grizzled ass George Clooney getting the gang together for one last <laughs> thing, you know. Sure, it's, the... so it's like, hey, we're gonna all leave. We'll probably never see each other again. Let's jump on our bikes and do something crazy. Yeah, and it actually works for a couple generations too, because you do have Brandon there, who is the the older kid, and is kind of mostly annoyed by his little brother and and his little brother's group of friends. But right? I will say that I thought that. Uh, I that was my impression too. But watching as an adult, yeah. I thought that like they had a much more positive brother 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 relationship than a lot in film. Like yeah, compare I mean, that to the relationship bad. Kevin has with his family in like Home Alone. Like, sure, sure. Sh- sh- um, you know, Mikey and Brand love each other. Yeah, they, the older brother gives him noogies and stuff like that. But <laughs> right, you know, there's there's genuine affection and support there. But. Th- at some point in the movie, I really like the switch in Brand. It goes from like tolerating these antics and his his little brother's friends to actually being swept up in this adventure as well. well. Like, I mean, everything past like what the wishing well. I mean, that's the past thing, the like, fireplace. I mean, once they get to the yeah. fireplace and drop down, it's like a whole new world. Yeah. You know, that, and that's the cool thing. I guess that's where again the Ender's Game. Like you can think that, and I remember like my old fireplace had. A hatch in it. Why? Well, because did you, you just, ever go in it? F- no, I couldn't fit. Oh, like, you it's, were too it's, big it's, of a kid. it's like a six by seven. Like, but <laughs> oh, okay. it, it's designed just to push ash down. It's, it's Where to make, does it it's, go? It's, it's into the. There's like there's a little holding place. It was in the. Uh, uh, what do they call that crawl space that you could empty out periodically? But you know, oh wow! Essentially, huh. like instead of having to shovel out ash every three or four fires, you just shovel it down there and. But no, like I, but okay. I didn't know that, and yeah. I just assumed that, like when I saw the Goonies, like holy shit, maybe I got the stone. F- I've never been down in a crawl space. How do you know? Like it's there's yeah. caves in these parts. I don't know. I've my mom took me to a cave just thirty miles ago. I did connect for that, sure. And yeah, that's that's the difference in that in Harry Potter. Yeah, you, could, you, I, don't, you don't need a Dumbledore or a Hagrid to come sweep you away as adventure. You can just find it, right? And, and I don't know how you know Harry Potter or those kind of movies treat kids and and like how much credit they give them but you know there's a lot more stuff in this movie aside from like just them shouting shit that that makes them feel i don't i don't know what the word is older Mm -hmm. more experienced more uh a little rougher around the edges than you want to imagine these nine ten year olds twelve year olds being yeah uh, but, but there are a couple scenes that kind of betray that. Like, Chunk, I think, is a little more innocent than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's spinning tails left and right, and nobody right. believes him. 
uh, when they break the dick off that statue. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, we broke the dick. That's my mom's favorite piece. Yeah. yeah there's, no. you know, there's something in there for the adults. Sure. And I think, no, but that's the thing. Like, I remember being that age a kid watching this film, mm-hmm. and that shit, like, we sl- that slayed. Oh, like, yeah. the idea, and then they put the dick on upside down. Like, oh, God made you like that to be pissing in each other's faces. Like, we right. quoted that all the time. All the time. It's great. Uh, it's, yeah, no. And those little touches really, really take me back to when I was a kid. You know, you're, you're, you break something, you're like, oh, we got to hide it. How are we going to do this? Like, yeah. you know, we got to fix it. We're in so much trouble. Like, just the smallest, stupidest thing. It doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. But, sure. you know, it, it puts you in a place. And the other thing is, like, when they go up to this attic, and there's, like, all this random cool shit. And I'm, I'm yeah. in my notes, I'm like, why the fuck does he have, like, a Van de Graaff generator up here? Like, what, and, and what, because ostensibly this is for some kind of exhibit about their town of Astoria. Okay? I guess so. And these were the leftover pieces, and I'm like, what the fuck? But they had this, like, Chester Copperpot, which is this famous explorer that was going to try to find his one-eyed willy. And, right. like... I feel like that's another thing about small town life is that you get people get bored and they start making shit up. Mm-hmm. Like we had the, uh, the, you know, we talked about this in the Halloween cast a few uh, years ago that, uh, you know, the old church in Joppa, mm-hmm. like the fucking crazy cannibal cult that we had in our old hometown. That's you right. know, it's based on a little bit of a truth, and then you know, teenagers tell it over to forty, fifty years, and it becomes this big thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody, every small town's got some kind of crazy. Like the other thing is like uh, John Dillinger was born in our hometown, right? So there's like you know maybe there's some there's some some uh, fucking bank robbery could be some old government some old C notes floating around. You don't know, yeah. um, and they tap into that too. Like that you can find holy shit. Your dad up in his daddick's got a map, and oh my god, here's this. <laughs> Did tea you just and- call it a daddick? Adatic. That's pretty amazing. Actually, <laughs> this is yeah. This like is it's, dad's room. You, know, you got your man cave and you got uh-huh. your daddic. <laughs> There's all the random shit oh, that your man. dad thinks is cool and is up in the attic. I'm gonna have to start using that. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm definitely going to look for a daddic for my next house. Uh, the other thing about these kids yeah. is they also like Sean Astin, Mikey. He he has asthma, right? He's got like something working against him, and I feel mm. like that lends to. This idea that any kid could do this and and the sense of adventure, yeah. But the thing about his asthma that <laughs> strikes me wrong is that there's implication that if you have asthma, you can't have an adventure or kiss a girl. And like once you do those things, you don't need like oh I, I'm <laughs> right. I'm a man now. Asthma has no power over me. It's like no, yeah. it's a fucking medical condition. Right. Stop throwing away the eighty dollar prescription, kid. <laughs> Like, every single time he has a rite of passage, like, he gets uh-huh. this pube on his balls, he's going to be like, I ah, don't need this inhaler, and then he's about to die, and he's in the emergency room, has sex for the first time. Nope, this is, this, I'm giving it up for real. Yep. Bought my first lottery. Just fucking keep your inhaler, man. <laughs> You're going to need it for the rest you of your life. You might need it, yeah, yeah. Your, right. your your epic adventures and kissing girls has nothing to do with your bronchial tubes, man. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Data, who's got all these failing inventions. You know, occasionally they save him. Yeah, sure. But most of the time, they just go horribly wrong and punch himself in the face. Or... It's about 50-50. Okay, that's fair. Uh, his dad, I don't think, has has quite as much luck. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like Maybe it skipped like a generation. Maybe they're in a long line of inventors. There you go. Uh, but that's other things. Like, is it... Is was the, is there a little? Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of racism in that too. The Asian kids, the gadget kid. Yeah, uh, sure. It's the eighties. Okay. I mean, I if you go around the eighties pointing out racism where you see it and sexism where you see it, uh-huh. you'll be there all day. Okay. Uh, 
so yes, that stuff is part of this movie. But the, the you know, Chunk is also a klutz, and they use that to their advantage. Like, sure. hey, Chunk, jump after this candy bar or whatever, uh, and he plows through a wall that right. gets them where they need to go. Or like they didn't. No one wanted to take the blame for breaking the the what was it the the map case uh-huh. so that it is gave it then and then sean starts like silently counting down from three and of course he breaks it within three seconds yep. yeah yeah uh, that's funny so it's really like a picture of any kid could do this no matter what problems you have all right i want to talk about a specific kid something okay. i think you have a lot to say about and that is uh it's, her name wasn't marcy what was her name it's steph it's steph. steph she might as well be named kimmy gibbler because Oh, so she, she's the she's the the surprisingly and uh, kind of under the radar fuckable one. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying she's one... a troll woman and should never be looked at. <laughs> uh, she's she's a horrible person all around. She starts the movie. I tell describe how she starts this movie. This drop dropped my jaw because it's been what five years since I've seen this movie or so. That's six, it. So, wow. So, yeah. Well, I saw. saw oh, when he, son, when he six, was yeah, yeah. Uh, six. So. Uh, so it's been like four years, but I, I didn't, I, I probably wasn't paying too much attention to the beginning of the movie, but they starts this movie out with her essentially taking a whore's bath in a <laughs> crab tank on the fucking docks, man. Right. And no I remember context. like sitting back like, what the fuck? This is the character introduction. Yes. This is her. Cause everyone gets this little beat. Like Chunk is right. he's losing his, you know, he, he smashes his, his food against the, the his pizza window. And his he's a Pepsi, klutz, which we'll get and then to. Data is uh, you know in the in a junkyard t- t- testing his inventions out. He's the yep. inventor, the tech guy, and they go through all the different. And Mouth is with his plumber dad, which is going to come in later. Yeah, S- Steph is and and you know Andy's doing the cheerleader squad. Steph is taking a horse bath in a crab tank. Uh huh. So you know there's a certain some 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 uh some assumptions you can make about uh her smell. <laughs> Yeah, her hygiene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, and none of them are good. And, and so we have. Like, I, I tend to defend the Kimmy Gibblers of the world, but when they're mm-hmm. just washing their their hair in a yeah. tank full of crab and lobster, so that's the thing. Like you went online and started reading like I the background for this character because I'm like someone surely has noticed this too. Yeah, and apparently there's a backstory here, but it's completely lost in the movie. So apparently her dad is a fisherman. Yep, and. Works. Yeah, they're down at the docks. You know, he's he's brought in his haul, and she is helping sort the crab from the lobsters. They're supposed to. There's this comedic. I don't thing. know how they know that though. I know there's supposed to be this comedic thing in the full script where she's supposed to have like some scuba gear on, and she goes in this tank, and she's separating lobsters from crab. Oh, well, that didn't happen on screen. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, so if I'm if I'm shooting this thing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, well, we don't have the time or budget for this. Hey. Uh, just dunk your head in that, kid, like you're taking a bath. Right. That's not the spirit of the scene. No, not at all. I I couldn't tell what It'd she was like doing. It'd be like if Mouth was uh, just blowing up a toilet for no good reason. Like, right. I'm supposed to understand his dad's a plumber, and that's why this... It, exactly. Like, I thought maybe just she was... Just get rid was, of the scene. Or have like, her... Like, homeless and looking for food or something. I like... thought she was a, She lived under the docks. Right. Like, it's like... And then, like, how are you hanging out with the cheerleader? That wouldn't happen. Hmm. Even in the yeah. goondocks. Well, so... maybe maybe she hung out with the cheerleader once and the smell rubbed off on the cheerleader, and now she's a... <laughs> Although, she's, like, captain of the cheerleading team. So. And supposedly the hottest, I mean, like, I don't know, because I haven't seen all the girls. But and it's she's, also the 80s. So yeah, like, like the, the super attractive to begin with. The hunky guys after her, right. after her, I just slipped back into puberty <laughs> watching the Goonies, <laughs> sir. Um, so 
<laughs> you got you got the hunky guy right. that's like you know Troy. maybe he's across the tracks. No, no, no. Troy is. Oh the, yeah, yeah. Brand is the hunky. Brand guy is the hunky the guy from across the tracks. Troy is the uh, rich kid psychopath rapist. Yep. Tries yep. to he actually tries to attempt murder at some point. Uh, he he would be played in in another movie by uh, uh, who's the guy from Stargate? God damn it, Kurt Russell? No, other one. Uh, Spader, James yes. Spader. Okay. Yes, in 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 you know, if these kids were five years older, he'd be played by James Spader. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Andy's supposed to be the 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 prize he wants. She's the homecoming okay. queen. Fair enough. It's the eighties. You know, I don't care she's for cute. her hair, but she's cute. Whatever. That's the thing. Is like I was I uh, Fern had a big soft spot for her. And I remember okay. several of my 80s crushes, and she didn't make the list. No, nah, me either. Well, I know what, what made the list for you, Kimmy nah. Gibbler and, and Steph, apparently. <laughs> no, no, Steph. Steph and I could have talked, but she she, she baits uh, in a crab tank. That's just, you yeah. know, Kimmy Gibbler picks her feet at the table. I can overlook that. God. but uh, She's a proto-Gibbler, too. Did you know that? She is a proto-Gibbler. This is two years before Full House. Only? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought, wow. Full I, House is 87. Wow. I thought it'd be like an 89, 90. No, no, Holy just two shit. years. But she is the proto Gibbler. She's the archetype. Well, you're not Kimmy wrong. Gibbler. You are not wrong. Uh, okay, so we talk about the the horror that was, and you just couldn't get over like every single scene. Like you were having uh, conniptions over there about how terrible this person was. Oh, she's the worst. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so what we we they we they, they somehow get to the shack. Right, um, and like that's the other thing is like not all of the plotting is completely uh, tight here, and some of these like puzzles and stuff don't make sense. Well, they they see like three rocks, and they head toward the the tower, like the lighthouse. Well, some of that and... stuff, the way, the way it would work is like you line up the things, and like okay, you have to be standing in a very precise location right. for that kind of parallax. Yeah thing to work and they just kind of stumble stumble fuck into it. there happens to be this old restaurant which is not by the way 400 fucking years old no of course not um which i don't know maybe it was built on top of the tunnel i yeah. I, I don't know like but it with seems, a fireplace access that's what i'm saying it seems like it? when you're laying down the foundations like hey man there's like miles of tunnel down here there's booby traps and shit you know what <laughs> right. we're just here to lay the foundation frank Pave over that get the forget you know hey it's a great place we can dump our ash woo yeah um, Did you ever consider that maybe... Well, the Fratellis don't even know about this treasure. No, until, they don't. Until the Goonies bust it wide open. Because so. that's the thing. As a kid, I didn't... The whole counterfeiting thing went over my head. I right. thought the... I, if you had asked me the gun to my head, if it's been like, you know, when I was 25 and I hadn't seen the movie in 15 years, mm-hmm. I'd say this is a movie about the Fratellis trying to get the treasure and the Goonies trying to get there first. Same here. But it's not. They nope. just completely stumble upon... They're actually looking for the kids to murder. CYA, yeah, yeah. They, 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 the kids know too much, so they got to track them down and kill them. Mm-hmm. And that's how incompetent Chunk is. He gets away. He just happens to have the the bad luck to flag down the Fratellis as they're going to look for him and do his whole confession thing. Yeah, but that's uh, you know it's funny. What are you going to do? It is. Uh, there, there are a lot of scenes that are funny, like the pipe shaking scene later. <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty hilarious. It's ridiculous, but uh-huh. hilarious. Uh, I, th- I like Chung's epic meltdowns, too. Like, he goes on these rage right. things that, like, you know, because the, the kids sometimes goad him into it to get, a, you know, to, to have him yeah. knock down a door or something. And sometimes he just gets into it naturally, but they're just, like, these impotent rage tantrum things that are pretty funny. Yeah, and all of the kids are pretty high energy, which felt true true to life yeah. to me. 
Yeah. Like you get a nine, ten year old excited sure. and it's gonna be Scream City. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that comes through in this movie, like more so than a lot of other adventure movies that I remember. Yeah. But like, they're not they, in They the... tend to play kids a little bit older. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in attitude. But in this one, they really feel like kids. Can you imagine being a child actor on this movie? It must have been like the greatest thing. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Like the sets. And... We're going to put you on a big ass pirate ship today. Sure. Kids. You're going to. And there's going to be gold everywhere and jewels. Here, stuff these jewels in your mouth, Corey. You're going to ride down this water slide before right. water slides are like a thing. Yeah. Like I it, I remember seeing this movie and then, you know, I lived in the Midwest. So like what Kings Island got, uh, you know, their first water park like in 89, 90. So like I, wow, okay. before I even knew this was a thing, this movie had introduced it. And then later, like I'm actually like that, that's must've been fucking cool. Yeah. Got to do another take of the water slides, kids. I'd be fucking them up on purpose. <laughs> Pull my pants down, go down the water slide. We can't use that take, Corey. I mean, they got this bone organ and yeah. just like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess you'd have to be comfortable with working around creepy shit, but. <laughs> so here's a real problem with me doing this podcast at this moment. I'm oh. playing Uncharted 4. Oh, sure. And yeah. a lot of this shit is starting to blend together in my head. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Like, was the bone organ in Uncharted or the Goonies? <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe both. Uh, how? So, at one point, when the they find the uh, you know the the fireplace access, uh, bats just shoot out of this thing. Yeah. And I wondered how they actually did the fake bat footage because, like, it's hmm. it's clear when they just have a rubber bat they're holding in front of their face and pretending like it's in their hair. Yeah. But, like, they have this other thing where these these bats, like, they look like they're being shot out of pneumatic tubes. And maybe that's how they do it. Maybe. But, like, they're not, like, just, um like, an animated effect. They're actually doing something practical, but the bats are just flying the fuck out of there. Yeah. I don't know how they did that. And I've seen that in a lot of different movies, and it seems like that's, like, a go-to technique, you know? Um, and, man, mm-hmm. it's just... I, it uh, it really holds up the fake bat effect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And also, like, okay, so let's talk about this first. Uh, we talked about the pipe situation. Do you want to say anything more than that? I mean, it's just. No, no. And it's like, also, I love it because it's a way for the audience. Like, Troy looks like he's superior in every way to these guys. He's got a nicer car. Yeah. You know, he's actually got Andy riding in it. But the, you got you to gotta let people know that deep down he's a little bitch. Because he gets in a pipe accident and he starts calling out for daddy and he's oh, like seventeen right. years old. So that lets that lets you if you're if you're an outcast nerd secretly like yeah all the popular kids a bunch of fucking right. fucking dildos and I knew it <laughs> I knew it. See that's the, he's the biggest dildo. That, that's though, how you like, know like real f- hardcore nerds like Chris Columbus and and uh, Steven Spielberg get you because like that's the kind of shit that they throw in for like you know fantasy wish fulfillment for for nerdy kids. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Troy's just a shit all around because, you know, the, the the thing about, like, looking down Andy's shirt, which, you know, as a 16-year-old, all guys want to do, but Super there's a difference between yeah, like doing the, it there, Here's the thing. There's the, there's the guys that want to do it. Right. And there's the guys that do it. Yes. And Troy's one of the guys who do it. And, yeah. And I really... Okay. So I wasn't going to get too big into the sexism, sexism thing here. I really don't like Andy's reaction to the whole thing. Once she gets a little bit scared in the cave, she's like, oh, if I had only let him look down my shirt, I would be up on the surface and things wouldn't be so bad. And I'm well, but I I I really don't like how she has this 180 specifically like comes around on the idea that 
it would be better for her yeah, to be... Yeah, I would be... have been better off being ogled because I wouldn't know. I mean, she's right. internalizing the patriarchy. And then she just gets bats in her hair and screams. Well, like... Welcome to Feminism 101, Jim. I know. It's it's the worst. <laughs> like, I... That's all I'm going to say about it, but man, that part really but annoyed so me. So what's funny is because I have, there's like two badass girls in my neighborhood that yeah. used to play the Goonies with us. Um, but I was just, I was thinking, cause like, you know, we used to play, like, there's a lot of stuff we used to play. We used to play, um, like this, uh, Spider-Man and friends okay. and there was like Firestar and she was the girl that could set shit on fire and fly. That's pretty cool. Oh boy. They'd play Princess Leia. Like, you know, she gets to... Uh, fire at Minox, and she gets yep. the choke job of the, the hut to death, and she gets to uh, take an assault rifle and kill stormtroopers. Pretty badass. Uh-huh. There ain't no good female roles if you're a badass, you know, a tomboy girl that's wanting to pal around with a bunch of rough boys in the Goonies. <laughs> right. And that's why it's like, yeah. <laughs> Who's that- going to be Mama Fratelli? <laughs> <laughs> that's the strongest female character. I think so, yeah. Uh yeah, do you want you want a trimmer? Here's a trimmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful line. It really is. It really Love is. It. Uh, but yeah, what? But but these traps, man. So mm-hmm. Chester Copperpot is destroyed by this uh, counterweight trap. Yeah. Which we later find out they're all triggered in sequence when you trip over one of the lines. Mm-hmm. So how the fuck did he die and leave the other traps unsprung? So my head canon is well, yeah. A, it's just a movie. Uh, B, my headcanon is the the things must have retracted, right? So, but why would it not retract? I, on... I don't know why it wouldn't. Like, if it crushes someone, it doesn't go back up. How would it know? Yeah, it's not intelligent. Like, this isn't a fucking bowling alley robot setter right. upper. Like, it doesn't detect which one's the spare. Maybe it hit him and like deflected and got caught on the wall, like under a mm. rock or something. I don't know. All right. No, but, but yeah, it doesn't. It, so it it's pretty crazy. Uh, now we get to the point in the movie where uh, Chunk gives his confessions, which I still think holds up. Like it just that that scene, yeah, yeah. Uh, where he's retelling the story of the him throwing up on people in the balcony <laughs> is the the fake vomit that turns into real because he's just like you can tell he's terrified, and this is a genuinely funny story, but it's also horrific. Like it just nails yeah. all those. It really does. Uh, and the way that they let that play out over the course of a few scenes. Uh-huh. Like, the kids are yeah. still having their adventure. We cut away to the adventure. And then when we cut back, he's still telling more shit. It's where he got kicked out of fat camp because he picked... Yeah, it's like... Oh, it, baby roots, probably. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I don't know. Like, do you want to talk about Troy's... Uh, at the, the scene at the Wishing Well where he's with his disgusting... Uh-huh. Guy. That's funny because Troy... Troy seems like he's like... 27 and his other guys are like 30 his dudes he's hanging with and he might be and he might be the kind of perv that looks down 16 year old shirts at 27 that's what he likes about the schoolgirls. he keeps getting older and they stay the same age yep uh but they're just having these awful slimy rich guys talking about how they want to make it with amy or not andy and then the coin gets flipped up and they find that she's down there in the bucket and they're going to take her up and he's like see guys wishes do come true (laughs) I like I can't believe the director is like okay this is what I want from you. It's so <laughs> over the top, man. It's yeah. so over the top. That's like a line delivery that uh some dude in a Dudley Do-Right movie would make wearing a black trench coat as he's 
tying Penelope Pureheart to the train tracks with dynamite, you know? Yeah. That's an insane person. Or, like, the ski camp movies or whatever, th- that kind of villain. But this guy's got, he's he's calling for his daddy, he's 30 years old, he's wanting to rape this teenage girl, he's laughing like a hyena as he does it. I, 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 his, I his character's too much. I can't take it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, he's pretty bad. I, uh, I do love how the coin comes right back out at him, though. No, no, it's, like it's nice. It's a little nifty, a little nifty shot. As if to say, nuh-uh. Uh, so at this point, Sean Austin, Mikey, makes his impassioned plea about the Goonies never saying die, and that this is, like, up, up. This argument makes really no sense, but I guess it carries a day in a kid's movie. But he's like, you know, up there, it's the parents' time, it's their time, down here is our time. He makes argument by repetition. He just repeats everything three times. And yeah. I don't know. Like, it's the point it's in the inspiring. movie where it gets serious. It's day. It's I feel our, like that's the boring Today's our part. Independence Day. That's the part where kids start fidgeting. Where? Where he's given this long... They're arguing about whether they should go up into the wishing well or stay down here. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if you're a kid who's, like, a little bit scared at this point. Uh, if maybe that speech doesn't get you back on board. Okay, so he's doesn't talking to... Doesn't bolster your confidence a little. Like, like you know, if you're the, if you're like the six-year-old... Yeah. Uh, you're wanting to like, be like Andy. You're wanting to bail. Like, a there's there's just a dead yeah. body, man, and, and we just found... I think right... Yeah, so Chunk and, and, and Sloth met, so you kind of got the full force of this Sloth character, who was another one that was kind of terrifying, I yeah. remember. Like, yeah. until you got to know him, he's like, that's a scary dude. Um, But... Yeah, you're right. That's so that might be that actually might be maybe it a does thing. Yeah, maybe it does what it's supposed to do for kids. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I did see this when I was slightly older because uh, yeah. you know I was three when it came out. Uh-huh. So I saw it on TV years later. Yeah. Uh, so I might have been like ten or so. Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember how I felt the initial. Watch. I wish, that's the thing. I wish I could go back and get some of those. Right. Like first impressions. Like, what? Can't how did this it. movie... Because I can't. It's like... Nope. Uh, I also wish I remember what it was like to not know how to read. Like, you're going in the backseat of the car and you're just looking out and there's verbiage everywhere. But what uh-huh. did it look like? Did it look like the glyphs from Star Trek? Star Wars? Maybe. Did it look like, you know, like Chinese writing? Like, what... There's a bunch of conj? Like, what... How did I process that? Yeah, at the very least, I wish I could go back and tell myself, hey, one day, kid, you're going to be a podcaster. I know you don't know what that is. Yeah. But... Remember how you feel about these start, old pieces. Start of media. making note of your media right. choices because it's going to be keep invaluable. A, a media journal or something, because yeah, you'll you'll have to describe this stuff twenty five years from now. Now I, years I have now. done that sometimes with my boy. Like uh, when the first time we watched Star Wars together, I did a podcast uh, just for me and him. And just recorded his impressions of that. Right. I'm thinking. No, nah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, if I if I do it, then I'll do it. If not, then you, you guys will be none the wiser. So. Okay. Uh, I also like the implication that that Chunk prank calls the police department right on a regular basis to the yep. extent that they don't believe him when there's genuine. He's the little boy that cried wolf, and the one that really made me laugh was, "Oh, this is like the time that the fifty Iranian terrorists took over all the sizzlers in the city." <laughs> right? Like, is that the one they dispatched for? Is like, like yeah. the you know, how many sizzlers are in this town? Well, do you know, if our town had if, one sizzler. If there's two, there's one too many. I, mean, yeah, I agree. I, I, if there's I, one, there might be one too many. I don't know how big Astoria is. Like, that's a city either. in Portland. I don't know right, whether it's I, really called the Goondocks or that's something they invented for the movies. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. They certainly, in the movies, refer to it as Goondocks, but that could be kids yeah. making nicknames. Do you, 
did you have this sense of attachment to your your neighborhood, your community when you were a kid? I didn't because I moved around a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely identified with my, but that's the thing. Like, you're so provincial as a kid, right? Like, and I, you know, like I, we went on. Is va- it about like your geography or just your friends? Like, it's probably friends and family and just familiarity. Like, okay. I, I like going to the ocean and playing around, but like, I didn't. No one could tell me that where I grew up wasn't awesome. Because, like, yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be cool to have mountains or oceans, but it's not like someone let me go play there alone. So, like, I'd rather have the giant cornfield and the big woods and the empty lot next door that had the weird rocks on it. So, <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I guess if you're able to explore your terrain a bit, you also kind of identify with the area. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I never felt that because, you know, I moved around a lot. So. Uh-huh. I guess that's like, you know, which would you rather have like a really beautiful cage or like a much, you know, a much bigger area to roam that's kind of blander, I suppose. Hmm. Plus, it's like, you know, yeah. we had the, the other thing is uh, that always made it. I, th- I I like growing up in the Midwest. I hate living here as an adult. Sure. But Same. I like growing up in the Midwest because there's lots of space. There's season, huge seasonal swings. Like you almost, it's almost like your backyard would get a makeover four times a year. Right. It's like here's the leaves and everything's going to be frost and now it's going to be snow covered and you got ice and now mm-hmm. it's everything's lush and green. And now it's fucking hot and there's bugs everywhere. Like, yeah, you know that 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 was a part that uh, I remember talking to my cousin that lived in California that like you know and had never seen snow and that like blew my mind. Right. Like Jesus Christ. Well, that's on him. That's on his Her. parents. That, that's on her, privilege. right? <laughs> well, that's on her parents because there is snow to be found in California. You just got to look for it. Uh, plenty, plenty of snow. No, I'm sure. Like I if... grew up in San Diego, we had snow. You did not have snow not... in San Diego. Get the fuck out. You go to the mountains. Okay, you get sure. Snow. You drive up into the mountains, right? Okay. Like you can find snow in California. Okay. Now, Nevada, the Midwest, or, or Midwest, uh, the Southwest, the Southwest, like Arizona. New Mexico, I don't know if you're finding snow for hundreds and hundreds they got of the, miles. They got the Rockies there, too, man. Right. I'm probably imagining you get snow. But uh, what were we talking about? We, we uh, went back into nostalgia again. I think we were talking about product placement. That's what I want to talk oh, about. Let's talk about product placement. Because Pepsi goes hard on the product placement. And it's not movie. working because Pepsi's still the... Number two, yeah. The choice of uh, the wrong generation, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, everyone's drinking it, like top to bottom. Everyone it's, drinks Pepsi. At there's some just point. like you'll they'll be walking in the basement. There'll be like a can of Pepsi on a shelf. It's right. Ev- it's like a it's, crumpled up can in the caves. It's once all over you the place. see it, it's and Nike shoes. Yeah, Nike shoes. Everyone has issued Nike shoes. And then obviously, show. Baby Ruth. Come on, Baby Ruth had a prominent placement. Yeah, it's like I'm surprised. Maybe it was a commercial. Like I could see a 30 second clip of like sloth trying to break like yeah it's so good you want to break chains for it or something like that well i i mean i know that kids talked about baby ruth when i was growing up like as kind of the ultimate candy right and i'm sure well, it's also, from goonies so there's two things in goonies it was like the ultimate candy but mm-hmm. then was it in caddyshack where it was the turd oh right yeah yeah so like it had some mixed messages as a child so baby ruth was just repairing the damage yeah, the Caddyshack had done to their image. Yeah, but I remember because uh, uh, I didn't celebrate Halloween, but my cousins all did. There was that the year the Goonies came out, like getting finding a baby Ruth. Oh, I bet. Like it was just like you know that baby Ruth, baby Ruth. That joke was made a hundred times a day in the aftermath of it because every time you'd find one, you had to say it, and then everyone else had to yeah. say it. It's stupid, but 
you know, it's kids. <sighs> uh, okay. I, I have some analysis of One-Eyed Willie if you want to go there. Okay, because there's also, there's also some music theory that I got to run by you. Because you, you uh, dropped right, some yeah. science on me that blew my fucking mind. So I don't know the, the intricate details of it, though, is the thing. Like, All right. Because so, there's one point in the movie where Andy's trying to play this bone organ, and it's not having anything to do with Josh Brolin. It's just she's, she's literally trying to play an organ made out of bones. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you got to specify, because that's a Fair little... Enough. You see, when, <laughs> when a girl's playing the bone organ, you, you make some assumptions. <laughs> hey, hey, when a guy's playing the bone that's organ, true. too, check I your need, privilege. I, I need to. Such a <laughs> shitlord. Um, so she says, I don't know if it's B-flat or A-sharp. And then you said... It's just as I was, I was like, oh, that's just Andy. She's not so good at the, you're like, oh, well, that's because it's the same note, idiot. And I'm like, <laughs> what, what, it, what, did you I, look this up? Because I'm not sure that the A key and the B key are actually like that. There are some keys on the piano. Like I get like with a metric tool set, every once in a while you'll have a size that lines up with the Imperial because right. it's like, you know, it's like, it's not intended, but you've got two different and they kind of overlap. With music, what the fuck is the point of having a note that's the same that is that's got two different? Like, why would you do a B flat over an A sharp? Well, if you think about it, like those those keys were like, I mean, C and D are fucking next to each other, right? Yeah, there's but only not one the same note. Well, so, so like, look at a piano. Okay, if if you look at a piano, I'm, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking real hard of one. Like your your A key and your B key are right next to each other. Okay, and those are the white keys. Those are the white keys. Okay. Now the sharps and the flats are the black keys. So. Okay. There is only one key between A and B. Uh-huh. So an A sharp, which means you go up half a step, uh-huh. is that black key. A B flat, which means you go down half a step, is also the black key. So it's the same fucking note. It's exact same note. And she hmm. she said, oh, I played an A flat or A whatever, a B flat instead of an so A sharp. So when you're making musical notation, why would you choose one note over the other? Uh, that's a good is question. It's just like whatever I don't know. the first one you think of. I mean, this is like I was Goonies' age when I was playing piano, so <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, but I I don't know. I don't okay. know what decision making apparatus. Right. Well, we're not going to we're not going to blow open the whole music notation conspiracy on this podcast. No. Also, I can tell you that the notation she's looking at is single notes, and she's playing fucking chords. chords. I don't know what she's I, doing. Yeah, that's that's like what, there's a melody here. You're not playing chords. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's all fucked up. Somebody who didn't know anything about music wrote that scene or Which is weird because it's like, Hollywood. A, like there's people that right. like you what do you think about the guy who's scoring this movie? Um which I'm I'm I don't know who it is. Music by Dave so Dave Grusin well, is he, scoring this movie and he gets to this scene, he's like, I'm scoring what am I what can I is it too late? Yeah. Can can we can we Reshoot. ADR some of this shit because I'm going to walk off. I'm going to walk off right now <laughs> if this offense to music is happening. Well, I mean, it's clearly the guy who made the music for MacGyver too, so I don't think he's too picky. Yeah. It's it's not actually, but the the opening sequence sounds a lot like MacGyver or A-Team type music. Yeah. Cuz you know, it's the 80s. They're using synths. Um speaking of music, I good lord, I have a lot to talk about with this Cindy Lauper thing. Shoot. She Apparently made a music video. Uh, they they made a music video alongside, designed to be a number one, like a, a single, designed yeah. to be a hit that came out alongside the the movie, uh, called "The Goonies Are Good Enough." Uh-huh. And it, you know, as much as I like the sentiment there, um, I think the song is shit because you know it's a song from the eighties. All right, a lot of a lot of eighties music is shit. I, I think this song was good enough. Well, I. <laughs> 
good enough for who? Good, good enough. I mean, I think it's good, good enough, enough for, for you. It's, it's, yeah, it's good enough for me. Okay, so it's good enough. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I really don't like it. Uh, and the music video is absolutely insane. It's basically a recreation of the Goonies with Cindy, Cindy Lauper at the center, also starring the cast of the Goonies, like all the kids and stuff. But in addition, it has a bunch of WWF wrestlers of the time. Yeah. Like, and it's a two-parter. So it's like seven minutes for the first half and like a few minutes for the second half. Uh, and it stars like Lou Albano mm-hmm. is in it, which I is Roddy, better known Roddy to Piper. me as Super Mario Bros. Sure. guy uh, from the Super Show. And it, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. It in the second half, it has Andre the fucking Giant, uh-huh. who, and I was like looking at these people. I'm thinking, are, okay, so I recognize that these are wrestlers. They all look like they are way past their prime. Like these are 50 year old men jumping around in spandex suits and kilts sure. and shit. Uh, well, maybe not 50, 40s. Yeah, no, certainly. They've certainly gotten started to go to seed. But I guess that's just what wrestlers were in the 80s. Well, so it's weird because wrestling, I think I probably hit its, I mean, I don't know, because I'm not a huge wrestling fan. My dad is, and I'm, you know, I've, I've kind of kept tabs on what it's doing. But it felt like for, it peaked, I don't know, you see so many kids running around wrestling shirts nowadays, but it's like this weird subculture. What I'm trying to get at right. is in the mid-80s, WWF was huge. Like Hulk Hogan was starring in movies that were hitting the silver screen. They had a WWF Saturday morning cartoon Mm -hmm. with live action segments. Like they were, they were big. And but they did lots of weird shit in the eighties. Like they had a fucking thirty minute cartoon that had Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and yeah, I remember that some other dude, Bo Jack, somebody else, and they were like some kind of super powered. I mean. Might have been Bo Jackson. He was huge. Uh, the, the, huge in the eighties. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I can't explain it, but they were big, and I feel like that they're like, okay, we got this kids movie coming out. Get Cindy Lopner to do a, a, a single for it, and let's get the wrestlers so, so just the kids can like it. We yeah, know the kids will like it because they like the wrestlers. I, I read that she actually hates that song too. Oh. She she took it off her set list for like years and years while it was super popular, and everybody mm-hmm. kept requesting it, and she eventually did like. A verse or two acapella, like try to change it up to make it more interesting, and then like mm-hmm. she eventually added it back to her set list because of overwhelming fan requests. But yeah, yeah, I I don't like it. She doesn't like it. Nobody should like it. It's a bad song. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to find the thing. I uh, I I wanted to find because when they go into One Eye Willie's ship, there's like this hidden trap door. And it had some gold engraving inscribed on upon it. And mm-hmm. I'd done some research to try to find out what that says. I can't. It's like I, I've used all my Google Foo, and I, I have no idea. They just crush no it. Idea. They're like, fuck this panel with words it's, on it's it. On, like, yeah, like, it. Can we get mouth to translate? No. Oh, okay. Okay. We're not going to get mouth to translate it. <laughs> right. But it's like I know that you could get a translation. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess if I cared enough, I'd pause it and blow it up and, and just put it into Google Translate. But I don't. If anyone knows, please uh, email that into me, host at baldmove.com. Uh, okay, so can we talk about the groin trauma? <laughs> because yeah. groin trauma is a rich vein of comedy, and mm-hmm. boy, oh boy, you've got the, uh, the, the what, what is he called? The like, teeth of peril or the jaws of peril? Yeah, I forget what he calls them. Joey but... Pants takes the dentures right to the dick. Yep. 
it's it's uh, some some real uh it, it, it's some real uh, mullet walking dead material Eugene, some real Eugene right. stuff. Yeah, Joey Pants and his other brother do the slippery shoes and just do a horrific, horrific racking on that slick log. <laughs> right, but well, backflip included. The like, black, the backflip. Oh man, I think his his. So I, Joey hit, but like you know, I think you can conceivably take that and it doesn't go right to your ball. The other yeah. guy, yeah, he just slips and does no, that ain't, there's no way his testicles didn't explode. <laughs> And it's super funny. It's like it's, it's real funny. It's, yeah, it's really really funny seeing uh, guys take shots to the junk. Man. Does a guy take a boxing glove to the dick at some point, or no? It's just the I teeth. I thought it was the teeth. Yeah. yeah, it's he gets punched in the face with the boxing glove. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I do you remember any of these weapons being in the video game? Because Fern talks about the Goonies too. I remember there being yo-yos, slingshots, and I don't ever right. remember like the data because you don't like play data. Thing. You play yeah. Mikey trying to rescue the other Goonies. Yeah, right. I think so. It's been a long time. Because that's the thing. This isn't the Goonies. It's the Goonies two. Yeah. So it's a sequel that never the the film never happened. I don't. The, I, I so, can't. So explain. the game. Okay. So the game was originally released. This blows my freaking mind, given how big. The Goonies was in America. I don't know how big it was in Japan, but The Goonies won. The the first game came out on the family computer in Japan. The Famicom. Right, and that was it. So, like, there was an arcade cab. There was a versus arcade cab in the U.S. Mm. of this Goonies game uh, that never made it to the NES, and when they did Goonies 2, they put it on the NES, which is the one I remember, and I kept questioning, like, where the fuck is Goonies 1? Right. Like, Goonies 2 is good. I want to play the first one. And I couldn't because it didn't exist. And then years later, I found like a ROM of it mm. and that played on an NES emulator. So like they must have taken the Famicom version and put that, like ported it over to the NES emulators. Well, see, I, thought the, I thought the Famicom was the NES. I like they, there was I, a certain amount of backwards is. compatibility, or at least it was like it right. had a different like case different and all that, tabs but... on the carts, and you couldn't stick them in or something. Mm. Mm. I, I I can't remember if. If that's true or not, but yeah, I thought the Famicom is just what they called the version of the NES that they sold in Japan, right? So maybe it was just a Famicom version of it. Uh, but uh, oh, there's a lot of weird stuff me. about being a kid. Like when Super Mario Two came out, like why does this? I guess that's Super Mario, but this game is like completely not like the other one. Like at one point, I thought there must like the Goonies one must be hidden somewhere, and mm. I need to go through Goonies Two and find Goonies One. See, I, I, like, I thought it was a meta game. <laughs> I never, or a meta adventure. And it might be because I had Nintendo Power, but like, I feel like they explained it as like this is just a sequel to Goonies. And like, as a kid, I'm like, to okay. the movie Goonies, yeah. Like, this is what happened. This is the Fratellis. Now they're out. They they all went wow. to prison. Okay. Now they're out and they're wanting revenge on the kids. And Mikey's got to stop them. Like that made perfect sense to me. Like, why do you need another sequel movie to make a sequel to a video game? Like they're their own intellectual properties. Right, but but when they bleed, like I guess I never considered that they would bleed over from games yeah, to no. movies or vice versa without just being like, you know, a licensed version of that movie. Because mm. like a lot of a lot of movie games are, you know, just repetitions of the story from the movie, and you're playing through. Totally, them. and they usually suck. <laughs> right, like classic example, E.T. the video game. Oh God. I could talk about the video game history all day long, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Should we talk about this in like relation? I we kind of did a little bit up front, but in relation to movies like E. T. and stuff, like how does this rank for you as far as? I think this is the great. I, I'm I'm with Fern. I think this is the greatest child adventure film of all time. 
Okay. And I don't even know that it can be topped because it's almost like from a different world. Right. I I guess I I don't agree. I I think like, like these kids running the around unsupervised would have a different. Well, but that's not. I mean, that's the side. That's an alien coming down and taking you in time travel. But it is right. But it's just as likely as finding a pirate's buried treasure ship. Right. You're fucking. You're fucking with my premise. <laughs> I'm sorry, but to me, like in my mind, okay, the flight of the navigator is the quintessential childhood adventure movie maybe I mean, because argue, i was it's... a solitary kid and that's a solitary kid ah, movie okay all right that makes sense and i'm not going to disagree with you because flight of the navigator is fucking awesome yeah it is really good but i don't think Go- and but i and i think you can make that movie today yeah but goonies i think you make this movie like there's going to be a lot of unfortunate cultural baggage about these kids running around and supervised their parents are probably going to be drunks or burnouts or like uh-huh. whereas this these are just middle class families Maybe, you know, yeah. lower middle class, uh, upper lower class families just trying to get by and they loved it and like, yeah. you know, they let the kids run around town. That's what everyone did. There's no prejudicial information about that. Whereas nowadays, like, right. I feel like mouth would come in and you have a black eye and that's why you'd explain why he's like a little rough around yeah. the edges and swears. Like, you didn't need that in yeah. the 80s. He'd be Judd Nelson from Breakfast Club. Now, he shit. mentions, have you seen Super 8? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Okay, so that it was made by um not not we JJ Abrams. JJ yeah. Abrams and it was an intentional like love letter towards the Spielberg child adventure movies like E.T. and whatnot. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Do you really? think Really? Oh, you should see it. So do you think it it hits that Goonies uh, spot? Uh you know, not exactly. Mm. It, it's impossible to hit that that nostalgia completely, just okay. given the the age of the people watching it. But sure. yeah, I think as well as it can. It certainly replicates it. Is it so? Is it? My impression of it is it's scarier than like the Goonies or E.T. Right, or something like is. that. So it's almost made for like I'm a 30 year old man who loved the Goonies and E.T. But I want to kind of this isn't something that I would is appropriate for my child, but it's going to get me to evoke those childlike you know it's it's, it's going to hit all my nostalgia bones. My feeling as I remember it, um, having seen that movie, not super long ago is that it really kind of hit a weird place where it wasn't appropriate for either of the age groups it was it was aimed at like completely so it it didn't like that's why i say it didn't quite nail it um it has all the elements that that sense of adventure and the scariness but you know if you're 30 plus years old and you're watching it i it's not gonna scare you Mm -hmm. and it's not gonna quite have that sense of wonder that it did when you were a kid and if you're a kid watching it it's probably a little too scary and i i don't know that kids today have the same feeling about these these types of adventures as as we did growing up because there's just a lot more stuff out there for them that's the that's the really depressing reality is that I've come to the conclusion that my son's never going to do all the things I did as a kid because he's just not fucking bored enough. Right. Yeah. It's impossible for him to be bored because it he is. just has way too many outlets. Even in our small apartment, he has way too yeah. without going outside, he has a way too many outlets for everything. Yeah. And that's somewhat sad. Like, I mean, I do, like, we, I take him camping several times a year, and, like, you know, we have, like, four or five-day camping trips where he can't do that shit, and, like, it's not like his brain's broken, but right. that, like, 
his experience in like a basically a week or two out of the year was my entire summer. Right. Like my mom's not going to fucking entertain me for all day. Go out and yeah. get out of the fucking house, kid. And the you video know? games you did have, you'd played a hundred times. That's right. Like I can't explain them. to him like, okay, I had combat for Atari. And that's it. And then halfway through the summer, my dad brought home a knockoff of Pac-Man. Right. And that was it. And I played the piss out of the years. Like you're, you, you play games like, uh, like they're hors d'oeuvres. Like you take 15, 20 minute bites out of them. Yeah. yeah it's like, uh, I don't know. And you would play the same game. I mean, you'd play you'd have 40 hours in, in three days, right? Sure. Like as a kid. Yeah. During the summer. But there was like, that's the thing. Like at, at, at a certain point, like combat and Pac-Man. Yeah. You, you couldn't boring. play them anymore and you had to go do something. Right. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know if those opportunities are there. And and hence, I don't think the kids identify in the same It's almost way like, you know what? I wonder if we'll see more of these come out of, like, foreign markets. Like, I could see a modern Maybe, Goonies yeah. made in India. Okay, Or, sure. like, South Africa. Like, oh, the Bollywood Goonies would be amazing. <laughs> I'm not even talking Bob, but, like, you know, know, a know. kid that grew up in Dell and, like, he didn't have like, a bunch of video games, and he didn't, yeah. and, and it's just, like, his adventures with his friends, and, like, I, I guess, or Russia? Russia could make a fucking kick-ass oh, dark my God. Goonies. Oh my god, I want to see the Russian Goonies. See, right? But in Eastern Europe, like some of these places that are not, you know, like they they don't have first world problems, like you kids are incapable of being bored. Like I could see some right. really rocking shit coming out of there. Yeah. Different cultural sensibilities, which, you know, that's fine. Sure. Uh, let's talk about uh, Sloth. All right. Sloth is a complicated character because he's essentially a deformed man with mental problems that is kept prisoner by his family befriends chunk and becomes the hero of the movie like it's a genuinely uh-huh. awesome moment when he rips those shirt open and it's like he's got the superman shirt on and they play the richard donner superman theme right and i then, never made the connection before i know this viewing. i know and because i didn't know i wasn't aware right. of richard Don- and then the, the brothers look at themselves like oh we're what what do they say we're in deep shit or something probably and the, the sound that their heads make when he crushes them together is <laughs> right. like sickening but super funny uh-huh. but here's the thing at the end you know, Sloth, uh, he's bringing his family and they're being brought to justice. But the cops are ju- justifiably afraid of this, you know, monster. Yeah. Uh, in in the real world, Sloth just commits suicide by cop here. <laughs> right. He, he comes out swinging. And... He grabs one of them by the shirt and lifts him off the ground. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. There is no, like, no amount of children jumping in front of him will save him. You're right. Sloth dies. For sure. He doesn't make it out. Yeah, I mean the the cops are you know SWAT SWAT team instead of just guys in in their Andy Griffith uh, uniforms. I also feel like there's an, a, another realistic dark ending in this movie is like um, so the kids have one marble bag full of jewels, right? Um, I don't think any of their parents own boats. You know who owns boats? Troy and his parents. I bet Troy's uh-huh. parents go out and claim salvage rights on that pirate ship, <laughs> and now the rich get richer. They're still uh-huh. going to turn your house into golf clubs because now they can afford to pay that much more money, and you're all fucked. <laughs> and I, I'm also wondering, like, so the whole idea behind this is they're going to close this, they're going to close the city down and make a golf course out of it, right? Yeah, this part, this neighborhood, like right on the ocean golf course. It's going to be primo golf course. Hell yeah, well, although it's going to be on fucking like that, they're going to have to blast. 
that whole area with dynamite to level it off because you're not playing golf on those those hilly streets. Uh, uh, I mean, unless you're going to build it right near the beach. I mean, there's like the I, uh, there's like the Scottish style that that's more of a because I've I've okay. played some hilly sure. ass yeah. like where you got overlooks and big elevation changes golf course. Right, I guess you could do it. Uh, there's there's gonna be some landscaping to do for sure. Yep. Uh, but the whole premise is like this one house is the thing holding it up, right? And if we can just save my dad's house, well, no, they so, won't be able to do the thing they want to do. My impression is the dad is like he's either the librarian, a high school principal, or historian. Like he's the smart, like you know, math's dad's a plumber. That's fine, He's but how idiot. does saving his house uh, keep the golf course from Steph, going Steph, in? Steph's dad's a fucking, you know... Crab fisherman. He's yeah. a crab fisherman. He's a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> you know, Data's dad can't even get a spring-loaded camera He's to work. He idiot, thinks yeah. he's smart, but he's an idiot. Like... Although, it, I gotta all say... all Mikey's dad is like... he's the, the mythology is he's staying up late every night trying to think his way out of this situation. Like, if he can get the brains that... Of course he doesn't so he must be a fucking idiot too like it's deus ex rich stuff that comes and saves the day uh but that's the that's the i don't think it's just his his dad's the lone holdout it's just that his dad has been desperately trying to figure out a way that they can all stay where they're at okay so they're going to distribute the jewels evenly amongst i guess townspeople see if i were troy and his family i'd say fuck it and i'd build a golf course right around him <laughs> i'd buy up everything else you know what you five people can stay we're going to be hitting golf balls and you know the the golf course is happening around you, so good luck with your windows. This is like essentially the start of the movie up, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then yeah, they and then Troy comes in and attaches balloons to their house and they all and they <laughs> That'd all be a die. data thing. Right. <laughs> He'd say balloon go bongo and this balloons got <laughs> shot out of everywhere. Can I just say the D- data's dad, I don't know that data's dad is a bad inventor. Because the camera is not his fault. That's true. He like, didn't the engineer cam- the camera. No. The thing Kodak, he engineered that's... worked flawlessly. Exactly. It popped out right to his hands. He yep. took the picture, and then boom, the camera malfunctioned. Yeah, what the hell? So that's on the manufacturer. That's tr- you're, you're right. What the hell, Kodak? <laughs> you let this young inventor down. Yeah. And then uh, he sees his dad fail. He probably gets depressed. Uh, sure. I don't know. And you know... You, you... It's a bad scene. Three years later, he, dad's ain't him and the mouth this. are down at the track smoking... Sniffing the waves. It'd be funny if, like, in the Goonies 2, you find out that Mikey's parents took the jewels, kept them for themselves. They joined Troy's parents oh, at the God. at the yacht club. And Goonies they, 2, the movie. Right, and all the other, like, everybody hates Mikey and Brand now. They're living, oh, like, in squalor, man. wherever. Yeah, they're, like, they're living on a golf course. Sure. They're, they're all washing up in the crab tank now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just Steph. Oh, that's man. Just, uh, I don't. I don't have much more to say about this. I feel like uh, well, well, there's actually a couple more points that uh, Fern wanted us to to bring up. So let me go back to his notes. Real, real quick. Yeah, I want to talk about the anatomy of one-eyed Willie. One-eyed Willie. So yeah, you know, that's and, and sloth. So apparently, like the anatomy of these people, they are implying. They're not even implying. It's implicit in the in their conversation that the thing that caused well, sloth deformity. The, the, you're looking for the word explicit. E- explicit. Sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Not often I get to correct you. The thing that caused Sloth's deformity is his mom dropping him on his head a couple times. No, I think that the implication is that she dropped him because maybe she was trying. I mean, it's, it's a horrific oh implication God. all around. You're taking the Goonies dark, man. <laughs> but there is the implication that she was trying to maybe get rid of him. Okay. 
Jesus. Well, she's a criminal. I mean, she's killing children. You're right. She is the worst. I yeah. So I don't think. Okay. He, yeah, I think his deformity led to her trying to off him, not caused by. Because okay. man, my God, it's a, that's that's a huge it's amount a of facial trauma to take if you're dropped on your head and and yeah. yet you live. I know. Uh, it's also like really good prosthetics. I I think. Sure. Like. I don't know how they time him blinking with this prosthetic, horrific contraption on his face. There's a couple times where I was really trying to look and see which was his real eye and which one was the remote-controlled one. Yeah. I I think his right eye is the real one. Yeah. Uh, The left one that's kind of slumping down off his face is fake. This guy acts the hell out of it. Like, it's like his energy energy level is like 200%. Yeah. No, it's good, and and that all holds up. Now, One-Eyed Willie... Must have been one-eyed Willie from birth Genital. because he has a deformity of the skull where one of his eyes is completely sealed over with bone. Yeah. So that's not something where you get your eye poked out and all of a sudden, oh, your skull seals up with I bone. I don't think so. I don't think it happens like that. Mm-mm. So one-eyed Willie has always been one-eyed Willie. Yeah, he was born born with some kind of weird bone yeah. skull deformity. Which maybe caused him to become a pirate. Yeah. You know, your life doesn't go great in the 1600s, and boom, you're a pirate. Yeah, no, they've done studies where, like, uh, poor depth perception is really tied closely together with... with uh, Piracy. Piracy. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> That's causality. That's not... Even... It really is. It's the deck is stacked against you. The poop deck <laughs> is stacked against you. Wow. Uh, so, one thing Deferred wants us to touch on is that, quote-unquote, infamous deleted scenes were taken out of the original film, specifically the octopus scene. Fern, I'd never heard of this, so I went onto the internet to find it, and I found the world's worst digital transfer of this scene. It's truly terrible. Uh, and from what I could tell, the this this octopus attracted to the crab smell in Stephanie's hair uh, attacked her and mouth. Uh, which she first mistakes mouth for just getting grabby with her ass. Being a groper, yeah. Uh, because she's used to the, fit, the, the the repulsive sea life smell to just keep everyone away. Right. Um, but, but this octopus attacks them, and from what I could tell, they solve it by shoving a Walkman that's loaded with Cindy Lopner's music into its mouth, and it either dies yeah. from convulsions or dances away. I... Right? Like, I can't tell you how bad this copy was, man. It's terrible. So, it's hard to conceive that, A, an octopus would even know what music is, but, B, that there could be a rip of this that's so bad, because I honestly couldn't hardly even tell what was going on on screen. It's almost like someone recorded a VHS tape six different times, Mm -hmm. and then ran it through the shittiest 320x200 codec a couple more times, and then uploaded to YouTube. But I have a vague recollection of this scene. I don't know where I saw it. Hmm. Uh, but I like I thought after watching this movie, there was an octopus scene in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I saw like a DVD unabridged version well, or know something. What, but the other thing that they used to, they used to do in like when they'd show movies like for Saturday or Sunday night on ABC or whatnot is sometimes mm-hmm. they would have like deleted scenes they'd throw and they'd make a big deal out of it. Oh right. Yeah. Like, you know, this has never been before scenes from blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's going to be four hours long with commercials and whatnot. But, like, I wonder yeah. maybe you saw something like that. Maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I'd never, I had no idea this thing was even out. So I'm glad you brought it to my attention. Uh, but I, he says that he's glad to take it out. I think so, too, because. Yeah. Some of the traps don't make sense. But there's nothing that's just fundamentally ridiculous. I guess the plumbing scene is kind of on that level but i love it it's so but the much octopus fun. i don't know shoving a walkman in an octopus's mouth and having a boogie off or have a heart attack i is is like 
Plus, the other thing is, like, it's not, like, this is One-Eyed Willie didn't set up this octopus. Right. Like, this is this is the crew versus One-Eyed Willie. This kind of muddies the plot a bit, because now it's the crew versus the octopus and One-Eyed Willie. Yeah. Which I, I Maybe guess I it, saw the Donner cut. <laughs> Maybe I saw, <laughs> like, him put all his stuff back in. Uh, so, then, I, before we, we close up shop, there's another thing I want to talk about where I guess I have a problem with uh, Sh- Sean Astin's speeches. Because I also give this one thing about beating One-Eyed Willie, and he's doing all this stuff, and he looks under the flap, and he breathes his inhaler, and then he turns around, and he's embarrassed because everybody's been watching him, and he's like, how long have you been there? And his brother says, long enough, Mikey, long enough. Long yeah. enough for what? Mm, long what? enough to know. Long enough to know what? Oh, you know. I don't. I honestly don't. <laughs> I don't. That That is... That is the scene that you film when your lover is confessing to what he thinks is no one that he loves you or that he's revealing their true feelings about, you know, like it's it's long enough to know that you have human emotions. <laughs> I guess long enough to know that you've got a really weird relationship with this dead guy. Long enough that you should be embarrassed or, or maybe committed. <laughs> right. Talking to yourself. Yeah. Talking uh, to a dead but this is yeah. not this is this is not normal human behavior. No. Uh all right. So that is all I have to say about the Goonies. Me too. As the pirate ship sails off and, and is uh, no doubt salvaged by the rich folk. <laughs> and the town is condemned. And the town is just it's even worse off than before. They price all the little people out of the market. It's mm-hmm. come gentrified the fuck. Uh really really dark ending for uh, a light hearted children's romp. Uh, Fern, thank you for having us watch this movie. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I hope you and your daughter have uh, a good time watching it once she's age-appropriate to watch it. And maybe uh, when she's a little bit older, you can listen to the podcast together. That might be fun, too. <laughs> when she's about 30. When I'm dead. Uh, yeah. You can tell us, that's Aaron. He lived uh, fast and died slow. <laughs> he lived fast and he died slow. <laughs> Wait. He lived slow and he died fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's exactly what, I, what I'm doing. Uh, if you'd like to commission your po- own podcast, you can go to baldmove.com slash shop, click on the big film, film wheel, and there's, there's like uh, community commissions where you can chip in a bit to help others realize their podcast commission dreams, or you can just, just go for the whole thing. Plunk down your, your, yep. your hard-earned pile of cash mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to make you watch this weird thing, mm-hmm. and, and takes your chances, sees what happens. Uh, we'll be back with another one. Uh, The next time we've got one out. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. Bye-bye. Hello. Welcome back. We've got a uh, Goonies add-on edition. Uh, Me and Jim watched the Goonies earlier this week, and we've already gotten our opinion out of the way. But I thought it might be nice to get an actual nine-year-old, because we're speculating a lot about what we thought of this movie when we first saw it. Uh, So I thought, what better way to to do that than to bring an actual nine-year-old on the podcast? My son... Mind Dragon, right? We still going Mind Dragon? Yes. Okay. Uh, welcome to the to uh, another Bald Move podcast, Mind Dragon. Thank you. Uh, so, do you know that your dad was the exact same age as you were when he when he first saw this movie? Oh yeah, but it's not the first time I've saw this movie. So I, I talked about this when you were like six years old. You you saw this movie and it was pretty scary, wasn't it? Was Heck it yes. was it too scary? Um, I wouldn't say too scary, Dad, but I would say it was pretty moderately scary. Yeah. Do you think so? Which is so? So when you were about six years old, you saw three movies. 
fairly close together. Empire Strikes Back, where Luke got his hand cut off. The Princess Bride, where those big rats chewed up Wesley's shoulder. And The Goonies, which was the scariest movie for you as a six-year-old? Um, I would say they're pretty equal, but I think The Princess Bride was the one that really got um, my attention because I still will not watch The Princess Bride as we speak, but... So you you still won't go back to The Princess Bride? Why won't you go watch The Princess Bride? Well, now, that's a different story because... The thing is that I went so in the Goonies. There's no blood, okay. and Luke, when he gets his head cut off, there's really no blood. Right, because the lightsaber just like seals it shut. Yeah, but I and Princess Bride found a lot reasonable blood, and going to here, I'm kind of frantic about blood. Oh, why? Are, so why is why is blood scary? Like someone gets your hand cut off, it's no big deal. If they get their hand cut off and there's blood everywhere, why does that scare you? Because knowing that this is part of your body and it's like squirting it out everywhere, uh-huh. it's just disgusting. It's gross. Okay, and I just don't find it the kind of person. Now, now destiny and everything is fine because. It does have animated blood when you're in the red, but who cares? It's a video game. Mm, Movies okay. are a different story. I gotcha. Now, what did you find scary about Goonies? Um, there were a few skeletons that caught you off guard, but oh, right, right. Uh, other than that, I have watched the Goonies before. Uh huh. So this time, I wasn't really scared, but I couldn't really remember so. Some things moderately scared me a little bit. What do you think about the character Sloth, the big guy who's got the messed up face? Was he scary when you first saw it? No, not really. Really? Why don't you think he was scary? I found him pretty cute. Really? Because he just, you know, he's uh, he just had a lot of humor. And I especially liked when they got on the ship and he wrecked Havoc. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, <laughs> lifted everybody up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What? So what did you think of the movie? Like, now you're nine years old. Tell me about what this movie makes you feel like when you watch it. Well... What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? How does it make you feel? Um, I don't really uh, recommend it for smaller children because oh. it has a little bit of bad words in it. Oh. But... That, are they bad words or are they adult language? It's... A- about adult language, but the thing <laughs> is, is that if you're more than six, uh, over or six years old, I would highly recommend, this is a great movie, because it has a lot of humor, mm-hmm. and it just really, really rocks. What is the funny part? What are the funny parts? Um, the one where the statue gets broke off. <laughs> what? Wait, what statue? Uh, there's this statue in the living room that's naked. Oh, it's is it a girl statue? No, no, not a girl. It's a oh, boy. so it gets its uh, one of its legs broke off. No, not a leg. Oh, it's, uh, more like a uh, junk part of it. <laughs> yeah. And the, the funny thing that really struck me is that the guy said, "You idiot! That's my Bob's favorite part." <laughs> so that really got me. Um, yeah. Um, I liked it where they shared the baby roof and mm-hmm. uh, just. That that kid Junk was really funny because Chunk, yeah. uh, he just you know he wanted to eat 
drink. He's humorous. He's the most character that had the bad words, but the character I liked the most was that uh, guy who had all those inventions. Data. Yeah, because I find that really cool. No, sure. Uh, and behind the scenes, how they would do that. Uh-huh. But I find that really, really entertaining. So if you could be any of those little boys, you'd want to be Data? Um, no, I'm not saying that I would want to be Data, but I'm saying Data really entertained me. I gotcha. What do you think, uh, who, who do you see yourself as? Who do I see myself as? I see the guy who wanted to go to the treasure all along. The Mikey? Yes, yeah. Mikey. Why do you th- see yourself as Mikey? Because he was adventurous and he never gave up. Ah. And I can see myself never giving up. Uh-huh. Even though sometimes I rage on video games. Uh-huh. If our house depended on it or any type of family, I would try to do what I can, right? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah. Do you find a pirate treasure and help your dad out? You'd do that or help your mom out? Now, now, I'm not saying that I'd find the pirate treasure because I'm not that kind of uh, kid. Uh-huh. But, um, what's the right word? I would raise some money, but I don't think it's really possible to find a pirate treasure these days. They're so very rare. You think they're all dried up? No, I don't think they're all dried up, but it would take a lot of money to go mine in a cave. Oh, yeah. And just do all this expedition work and mm-hmm. to get a pirate treasure. It's just really hard. Mm-hmm. But um, now if, there, if you happened to possibly so, like, 1% chance find the secret passageway all the way to treasure... I'm sure you wouldn't have to mine, but I'm just looking at the chances, not to be a nerd or anything, but mm-hmm. I don't really think it's really possible. Do you, so we, we talk about how much fun this movie is as an adventure. When your dad was a little boy, uh, I had a lot of memories of like going into caves with my mom and dad, because they took me to that when I was a kid, and when we go down to granddad's farm, which you know as your great-granddad, You've been down there with the two ponds and stuff, and we'd just walk through the woods and we'd just be alone as kids, and that's where we'd have our adventures. Do you have any adventures like that with your friends? Um, yes. Like, me and Joe... Where's your adventure place? Everywhere's my adventure place, yeah. except for stores and boring stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But when I find an open area, and my imagination is really in my mind, mm-hmm. almost anywhere's my adventure place. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it, but so, so you mentioned your cousin Joe with Aunt, over at Aunt Valerie's. Yeah, you uh, so when you know da- when when I was doing my adventures, I was just doing on going on foot. But you and Joe, he, you both got uh, uh, he's got a four wheeler and uh, a, a two wheeler that you guys ride around back there. Precisely. Now what? I ride the two wheeler and he rides the four wheeler, uh-huh. and we really have a lot of fun because also. Going by foot is fun, but when you have a motorbike, you can't just let it sit there and be cold-blooded. Uh-huh. You gotta warm it up, because I tell you, I didn't think it was gonna start, because it's been in that garage for... All winter. No, not all winter. I remember last year, Grandpa didn't use it. Mm. So it's been not in use for two years, and I was about... And I thought the engine was all messed up but mm-hmm. 
you know, they're really cold-blooded in the winter. And mm-hmm. my point is that it's really hard to start them back up when you have them in your garage for all winter. Yeah. Let's get back on topic. Here. Okay, let's get back on topic. The one thing, other thing I wanted to ask you about, um, have you ever made a treasure map? Have a you treasure ever, map. Or any kind of map? No, I have made a map. What was the map to? It was to our little uh, base we uh-huh. have made. Who is we? Um, me and my friends, when they come over, we can edit our base. Over at your mom's house? Yeah, but right. our base isn't, like, something built with wood, and it wasn't with help of any parents. It was just, like, a little furnace. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, a furnace. It was, like, one of those those old, ovaly things. Old, that, ovaly things. That you just put fire in, and then it smokes out, so you can, like, smoke your food. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we put that there, and then we... Turned over this big, you know, the things you lay on at a beach to get tan. They're a little up in the air. Oh, like a little um, yeah, and we used, chair, one of those little recliner chairs? Yeah, and we used that as a wall. Okay. And then we got two chairs and set a fall, deadfall trap. A deadfall trap? What's to that? To get a rabbit. Well, so, if any viewers wants to know out there, um... A deadfall trap is where you set a stick up and tie a string to that stick. Uh-huh. Set a basket up on top of it and a carrot under the basket. And when there's a rabbit there, you uh. pull on the string and it sets the basket on the rabbit. And the rabbit can't get out. Yes. Okay. But, of course, as all of you are guessing, I did not catch anything. <laughs> he didn't? Yeah. No our rabbits dead that fog day. trap sucked, and <laughs> the rabbits weren't out at winter, and I don't know what we were thinking. I thought we were half crazy, but... Well, that's the cool thing, because that was when I was thinking back, like, I'd have these adventures, and we get into our head to do something, like catch a rabbit, and it didn't matter that we caught a rabbit or not. What the cool thing was was building the trap and setting it up and thinking about how cool it was going to be when we caught the rabbit. Most of the adventures, like, you know, these kids went on an adventure and they end up on a pirate ship. But most of the time, you just end up with an ovaly thing and an empty basket, don't you? Yeah, and the thing is that it's not that you succeed. It's that you like what you're doing. Yeah. Just like you told me on Destiny, when I kept asking you, hey, is my shader good? Is my shader good? Is my shader good? Uh-huh. You said, whatever you think, buddy. Uh-huh. I'm just thinking in my mind, well, I think it looks good. And you had already said it looks great. Uh-huh. I just can't take a compliment very <laughs> you, good. You have a hard time taking a compliment. Do you know what? Your dad has a hard time doing that, too. But Somebody on one of our video podcasts tried to compliment us, and me and, me and Jim took five minutes to explain our concept of taking compliments, and it's, like, ridiculous. Do you think you got that from me? Yeah, and I still, I'm urging to ask you, hey, you know, earlier, how did I do on my shader? <laughs> you still wanting to know, huh? Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you on this video to make a little joke, but... Well, I I think the burnt marshmallow looks really good with your armor. Yeah, and I think the black guard looks good with yours, too. Thank you. So... We're, we're very stylish. Uh, let me talk, let's go back to Goonies. Uh, you said that one thing that was funny, but something not suitable for children is that these kids use adult language how old do you think these kids are like if you saw these kids in a playground you're like i'm nine how old are these kids um i would say they're like one two years older than me so like 11 12 yeah yeah okay about my cousin joe's joe's age right right yeah um 
do you it's just you can tell me and you will not be in trouble yeah when you're on the playground at school or when you're hanging out in your secret base with your kids do you do you boys use adult language no i don't want my popularity point to go down Uh uh-huh but yes i do you do sometimes or all the times these mosquitoes there was about five on me and (laughs) i just I lashed out. No, you can't. I... You can't use adult language on this podcast. No, no. This is this is not the way bald move works. We're a very clean, but... clean podcast. Ah, I just lashed out. That's all I'm gonna you say. You did? Yeah, but <laughs> uh, sometimes on recess when I scratch my arm or this guy like this bully punches me, I'll say, "Oh, what the man?" Oh, really? Or something or you know? Now I'm not like this is not. I don't really use this in public. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I use it at the bathroom or well, something. That's, yeah. But I never do it in public. And I don't use it because it's fun. I uh-huh. use it because sometimes I'm in a really bad situation where sometimes I have to let out my anger. And it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It feels surprisingly good when you actually do it. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm proud of you because you're you're very good. You don't you don't use that in public or around me mo- much. So yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I do say euphemisms a lot. Though. Yeah, I'm trying to catch you, break you on that because everybody knows the the jig when you're. But you're get you gotten a lot of that from your YouTube heroes because yeah. a lot of the junior adult YouTube crowd likes to frickin' this and frack frickin' that. Yeah, and, and Dan TDM is starting to use the H word. H ooh. And D word. And oh. I and I, I said that's a whole nother step for him. Uh huh. I said I hope he doesn't uh You think he's gonna slide further down into no, that language? No. I think he's gonna turn into a rage the markiplier. Oh really? Because I had to quit markiplier. I know because he, he was using big adult language. Uh huh, yeah, he uh and, and the worst part is that's that was rubbing off on you. Yeah, so uh I hope the NTM doesn't mold in the Markiplier, uh-huh. but Corey Kenshin is clean. But he I like says, Corey Kenshin. He's pretty cool. He says frickin'. And, yeah, he but, does. But, you know, it's not bad. Let me ask you this. What, what movie, like, cause so, so Goonies is your dad's, like, adventure movie. That's when I was growing up. It's all about, like, all those kids were my age. What is a, a movie or a television show that makes you think about the Goonies? Or it's kind of like that same type of adventure that's come out nowadays. Um, like, what's your Goonies movie if you want to think about making you feel about adventure and having fun and exciting and maybe a little scary? Um, Astro Boy. Astro Boy? Yes. Really? Because it is scary because, oh my god, there's a, there's more Disney really overdid it because he, like, almost dies, like, ten times in that movie. Yeah. Astro Boy's like the Mega Man type kid, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the Mega Man, and I... He does die, that's the whole, all right? The, he, the, the little boy dies, and then he's remade as a robot, isn't he? Yes, is, Okay. Yes. Um, that is pretty grim. Yeah, and I think it was kind of a rip-off of Mega Man because Mega Man was released way... Um, earlier than Astro Boy. I don't want to blow your mind, but I think Astro Boy was an old Japanese cartoon that might have influenced Mega Man. It's like one of those things where you think it's a ripoff, but that's only because the original came out along, and then like the Astro Boy movie is a remake. 
Okay, well, still, I think Mega Man's way better than Astro yeah, Boy. True, true. So you think Astro Boy is your Goonies? Um, if I had a Mega Man Boy uh, movie, I would definitely pick that. But you're hoping you see that Capcom Boy is the closest thing to Mega Man and adventure. You have I'm had a love. Of, you've loved Mega Man since you were three years old. Yeah, I watched you play it. Then I started to play it. Then I beat all the bosses. And about a year after, I beat it Wily. And now we're making this new game, but taking surprisingly long. Yeah, the Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, but uh, what of um, what is your favorite movie right now? Favorite movie? Ooh, well, <sighs> like if I could put on a movie right now that you'd want to see, what would it be? Um, Zootopia. Zootopia, huh? Zootopia and The Martian. Yeah, yeah. The Martian. Oh, yeah, The Martian. Yeah. So that okay, that's a cool. That's that's a good answer. I like that movie too. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite TV show? TV show. Uh, Gumball. Gumball. The amazing, amazing world of Gumball. Amazing world of Gumball. All right. Uh, anything else we want to talk about with the Goonies? What was your? We already talked about your favorite parts. Scary. Was there anything you didn't like about the Goonies? You thought, oh man, this is this isn't what it's like being a kid. Um. Like I said, being a kid, when you say bad words, it sucks the soul out of kids. It does? How's that work? Because when kids say bad words, they start to think they're cool guys and adults. Uh, and then they start... Get an attitude? Yeah, and then they mold into where they just stick the middle finger up in public. Oh, no. Because they just think it's fun. But definitely saying bad words is the start of the kid process breakdown. Ah, uh, so when you get full adult, you're just swearing all the time? Yeah. How much do you think I swear? Fifty fifty. Fifty fifty? Well right. about forty five to fifty. Forty five to fifty? You I think you swear um the most in destiny. I do I when I'm, when we're playing video games I do tend to but lose also control a bit. Because yeah. Tony Dev and you I can hear you scream, Oh you mother <laughs> no and yes sometimes. no not the mo- not the not the queen mother one well, not in front of you F- no not in front of me but i can hear you over my headphones scream out bad words sometimes in your room from oh. the living room on your headphones you can hear it oh wow yeah sometimes but mm. that still doesn't have good mean ears that um i don't think you swear a lot okay would you shout out the people that support Bald Move? Because, you know, that's it's awful nice of them to allow your dad to do podcasts for a living, isn't it? Yes. I will shout out to everybody I know. Say, say Just say thanks to everybody that, that supports Bald Move. Thanks to everybody that supports Bald Move. Thanks, guys. And um, I, um, I'm Mind Dragon, and this is Aaron Hubbard, and... <laughs> I'm dad to use er. Yes, dad. 